Traveling the Vortex. Side trip. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Twas the night before Christmas went all through the house. Not a creature was stirring. Not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care. In hopes that St. Nicholas would soon be there at this Traveling the Vortex Christmas special. Yay! Yay! Yes, we decided to put together another Christmas treat for you and record a Christmas special. I don't think we've done this since our first year, have we? <laughs> no, not. So. <laughs> and it was Which, a commentary. You know, how well that commentary went <laughs> off. We've done so many more since then. I'm ready. <laughs> Bring it on. And obviously we're releasing this as a side trip, so it gives us another excuse to put a side trip out as well. Yeah. So, Not that we need excuses to put side trips out. <laughs> well, we let me think. Welcome to our side trip. And for the side trip, we'd like to step away from the world of Doctor Who for just a moment and talk about Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to keep we're Santa keep in, right Doctor, in Who. Doctor Who. Because as don't uh, tip your hat, I spoilers. Had, <laughs> I had discovered uh, most recently that um, next Christmas I gave you my heart. But doesn't work. <laughs> no. He gave it away. Um, well, I it's a Doctor Who podcast. Of course it works. <laughs> next, next Christmas, obviously, is not the first time that the Doctor You mean last Christmas? Last Christmas. First Christmas. <laughs> next Christmas. Last Christmas. Last Christmas has I gave not you been the first time. The very next Now it actually day. works. It does work it. now. Last Christmas is not the very... I gave you my... <laughs> The very next day. This year's Christmas special is not the first time that the Doctor has encountered Santa Claus. In fact, the Doctor has encountered Santa Claus four times prior to this. And we're going to talk a little bit about those stories because we were able to dig up a lot of this material that exists. Glenn was able to dig up a lot of this material. Some of it all the way back to... What's been very close to my heart recently? The TV comics. Glenn I know you got behind so the handle of an almighty snow shovel and went <laughs> digging for Santa comics, <laughs> and he found them. And then I clubbed the wet bandits on the face. There's <laughs> <laughs> a Home Alone reference. All right. So um, well, let's see how many Christmas specials we can reference in this show. <laughs> Back in 1965, uh, we talked several weeks ago about uh, TV comics, which uh, Doctor Who. Featured uh, in its, I, I, I believe this is the first non-television material that uh, the Doctor appeared in, and uh, for several months leading or several weeks leading up to Christmas, um, they actually did a encompassing Christmas story. And uh, what's the name of the story? I forgot. I didn't see his name. I thought it was just called a Christmas story. It is. It's called a Christmas story. You're exactly right, Sean. Thank you very much. Uh, hey, in, there's another reference. In which <laughs> the Doctor and John and Julian, his grandchildren, which someday we're going to tackle this, <laughs> but that's neither here nor no there now, uh, end up at the North Pole and find out that uh, Santa Claus is uh, having some problems getting toys ready for the good girls and boys all around the world. And apparently a lot of kids want a TARDIS. <laughs> they do. I thought that was such a wonderful, like... Meta, meta, <laughs> self-referential uh, point. And the interesting thing about this is, it's not like they were being meta about it. It wasn't like they were refer- self-referencing it so much as they were just saying that the 
Doctor Who is so popular now that kids obviously want tortoises. And and so Santa Claus is trying to fill those orders. And somehow we have kind of linked back into the show (laughs) the fact that the Doctor recognizes that kids want tortoises. That seems a little strange, but you kind of have to kind of go with it because of what this is. But But it gives him a chance to build this very nice little shrink ray machine and blow him up machine that... He can then go make copies of his TARDIS. I don't think he built it. I think he had it. He just had I it. Yeah. Well, I think it was just yet another in a long line of things that he went rummaging wait, around in a bin. Got, I have something for this. <laughs> I can't see the first doctor doing that, but <laughs> Oh yeah. He totally was like No, that's more of a that's more of a throw things out. Wait, I've got something. This is more of a second doctor thing. Okay. Wait, I've got something around here somewhere. Come over here and help me. Not, 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 not quite as, as vehemently. Radiation no, well that'd be more like um even a little more vividly would be like Matt Smith going, No, I've got something. You know, <laughs> but anyway. If Matt Smith was a Muppet <laughs> You know that scene when the Muppet and just the arms and then things start flying up from behind the <laughs> that, 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 that would have been yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, the first Doctor going to help Santa Claus. um, Well, he's having a little bit of a problem because there is a mischievous uh, villain in this called, I believe it was the Winter Elf, wasn't it? Or the Winter Wizard. Winter Wizard. (laughs) He looks like an elf, not a wizard. He does. He's a little tiny. Although he has a wizard hat. He looks what I would imagine Jack Frost would look like if uh, Jack Frost hadn't been cemented in some of the Rankin and Bass (laughs) stuff. But... uh, Interestingly enough, in this story, Santa Claus is only in the, the first magician story. of the forest. Magician of the forest—that's what had to it look was. It even, yeah. even more yeah. obscure and weird. Well, here's here's an issue. I, I wish I, I just closed down my computer. I shouldn't have done that. Um, uh, Matt, my boss, bless his heart. He's trying really, really hard <laughs> to keep us on this kind of alternative Christmas path at work, so that we're not getting quite as burned out by. Oh, we're watching that again. Well, that, that seems <laughs> you know the, 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 some yeah, of the big ones. He's, nice he's trying really hard. So he bought and brought in a. a it was a four pack tape uh, or DVD that's got Santa Who with Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with Doctor Who. Two ninety nine. I should point out <laughs> how much you pay for. Keep that in mind when I give you the rest of these stories. All right. The whole, uh, the whole four pack was two. The whole four pack was two ninety nine. A version of Miracle on 34th Street, which is not either of the versions of Miracle on 34th Street, which I didn't know there was a third one, a third but one there one. is. Huh. There was the old one from the At least there's a film called Miracle on 34th Street. I haven't <laughs> watched this one yet. 1930s. And then, and then one there, there's the one 90s. called Santa Claus. And then there's Santa Claus versus the Martians. <laughs> That's on Netflix now. <laughs> That's a guilty pleasure of mine. Come on. I plan on watching that this oh, week. So we, I wish I could have gone to uh, our organizer of TopCon organized event where they uh, had a, a movie viewing of some very old <laughs> classics and, and Santa Claus versus the Martians. Cool. So, so we've watched a lot of Santa Claus versus the Martians. And even without sound, it's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then... Santa Claus. Now, I've never seen this one before in my life, but here's the plot. Are you ready for this? Again, without sound, so take this with a grain of salt. (laughs) What I've been able to determine is that Santa Claus and Merlin, the wizard, (laughs) the Merlin, are together at the North Pole, spreading goodwill and cheer. Well, maybe that's where Santa gets his magic from. Yeah, why not? That's how we can do it. Pitch. 
who, and maybe you know this uh, choir boy, uh, is like an evil, he's not the devil, but he's a minion of the devil. Oh, okay. Who, yeah. who, who spreads familiar. discord and disharmony. And and Pitch is out there basically trying to... The, the story revolves around two sets of parents, apparently, and, and their children. And one set of parents is rich, and they bestow all kinds of toys on the child. But they don't have time to, to, to do anything with the kid. Mm. Uh, and so the, all the kid really wants for Christmas is his parents. And the other child of their, their family is extremely poor. And they bestow nothing upon the child because they're always working, trying to give the child things but they're never home because of that. And all the child wants is his parents for Christmas. So they kind of have these things. Well, pitch being the wonderful Christmas entity that he is, um, kind of whispers in the kid's ears about, you should go be naughty and you should go be evil. You should go do this. Sounds like Krumpus. He's very much (laughs) dressed like like the devil. He's got horns. Sounds like Krumpus. That's what I thought of when I heard of this. And, um, and it's up to Santa to try and with the help of Merlin, Keep the kids on the straight and narrow path. So I'm reading this comic. This is where it comes back to Doctor Who. And I see the uh, the magician of the forest. Is that what we just called him? Yeah, that's what you said. Yes, magician of the forest. The magician of the Which forest. because I don't see a forest anywhere. <laughs> oh, there's there's one in the in the first uh, oh, yeah, okay, story. Yeah, and, and, before and the, the, and, and the first channel. Yeah. The first panel is a tree. You know. And uh, it's, I'm thinking, this is Pitch. <laughs> this is the evil, you know, entity that is fighting Santa Claus, and I kept waiting for Merlin to show up, and I was a little disappointed. That, <laughs> I guess the Doctor is Merlin in this case. I get you. Well, and, which and still it, works. Speaking of Krumpus, Krumpus was a is a German yeah. uh, folklore, and he's he's he obviously or obviously he's often portrayed as an anthropomorphic uh, devil figure, horned devil figure. Who he's the one that if you're bad, Krumpus visits you, and he's the one that essentially gives you coal or bad things or does bad things to you, um, which seems kind of weird. To, I mean, it's a one step closer to you know, you, it's one thing to say you know Santa's going to bring you coal if you're bad because oh darn I got coal, but you know Krumpus is going to come like beat you if you're bad. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very effective. That was the uh, there, structure but, of the supernatural um, episode yeah. of Christmas. <laughs> Krumpus was Krumpus. So um, it sounds very German. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying though. That uh, we've got this wizard of the forest that or a. Uh, uh, did I just? I just said I morphed to magician. Magician, magician of the forest. Yeah, <gasps> the magician's apprentice <laughs> coming right oh, off a of Christmas special. Yeah. Uh, I really hope we get the giant squirrel then. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. The, well, the, why not? Santa rides a reindeer. Kids, we, I like the giant squirrel. The kids get to dry, ride the giant squirrel. I thought that was kind of clever. And then and, you know, and the doctor's hanging on to the tail. And what better but the magician of the forest uses a giant, cuddly-looking, happy snowman. snowman to capture the kids. Well, you know, after a big, giant wall didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one of those stories in the same vein as the when we review the quirks. It's one of those ones that I just... I, I thoroughly enjoy it's a and fun it's not read. because I enjoy it as a Doctor Who story I enjoy it for the wonderful piece of nostalgia that it is and it's not nostalgic to me but it's a piece of, of, of yesteryear of, I said American uh, British comic nostalgia of yesteryear of a different type of storytelling a different mood a different tone a bit, a bit different visual I love the artwork in these I always have I've always liked the artwork of old 50s and 60s comics until so, they put Tom Baker's head on. <laughs> well, yeah, that kind of that jaded me a little bit, but it, I, it's it's in that same vein, and and the 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 absurdity of the fact that 
well, if it's not so absurd now that we've got New Who <laughs> introducing Santa into the mythos, um, but having a, a a magician of the forest and uh, a shrink ray that we can we're going to duplicate Tardises for all the kids uh, of the world, and uh, you know ended up using well, that to, he's going to duplicate the shell. The shell. Yeah, you're gonna, you're, yeah. He, he was very specific to say, "Oh, they want a model Tardis." Right. Okay. right exactly. <laughs> Um, so that I will allow. It's cute and clever, and whether you accept it in your continuity or your headcanon, it's entirely up to you. It's completely part of my headcanon <laughs> because I'm going to find a way to work any sort of Doctor Who into canon. But it'd be really uh, nice if we get some reference in last Christmas. That would be oh man, that would Remember be that the, time I that had to save you pinnacle. from the magician that would of be the forest. The pinnacle. That would be the <laughs> or or Capaldi says, yeah, I remember that one time when I had to uh, uh, battle the. the Magician of the Forest for you. I mean, just some dropped line like just that something. would be just incredible. Or what? No giant squirrels or just something. Just some, just anything. A wall's not going to work this time, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't work last time. Come, get on the reindeer. Um, no, uh, I'm not going to get on the reindeer. Oh, are you going to travel by squirrel again? <laughs> <laughs> just let it drop there and make something that half half the audience is going, I know what not that even, is! Not even not half. half. And everybody no, else is going, eighth of the audience, if that. that must have been something that happened off screen. It works that way. People sure. go, hey, it must have been another adventure. Yeah. Just another adventure. Works. Works. I like the last panel of this where it's got happy journey to the dark. <laughs> like, we're trying to meld some sort of Christmas message here, but it doesn't quite work. Happy journey to the TARDIS? What? <laughs> it's, it's, it's even Happy Journey to TARDIS. To TARDIS, that's right. There's yeah. no the. It's We're going to the TARDIS. The, that's the uh, big giant uh, firework that he traps the <laughs> magician of the forest in. Oh, well, Fires the, me- the message wasn't time. even for them. It was a missing an O. It should have been Happy Journey to TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the squirrel. So that was our first <laughs> encounter of the Doctor meeting uh, Santa Claus. Our next encounter comes in the form of a short story that was written, and I, uh, my computer's running super slow here. It's, it was in A Christmas Treasury, and it was called The Man Who Nearly Killed Christmas. Nearly, in parentheses. parentheses yeah. <laughs> because he nearly killed because, Christmas. Because, of course, the man who nearly killed Christmas was the doctor. The doctor. <laughs> Although... As when I went through this story and I read it, one of the things that I did appreciate is the idea that the doctor, that the doctor, he's really, he, he's he's meaning to do good here. He's, he's trying to help. His heart's Santa in the Claus. right place. Yeah. yeah, because he addresses the idea that eventually Earth is going to overrun itself and have to branch out and, and colonize. And what is Santa going to do when he's been? And it kind of goes into the details of how Santa does these right, things. Right, exactly. Kind of which apparently Santa has... has Santa's kind of a naughty boy. Yeah, <laughs> Santa has sort of uh, manipulated time in such a way that he can achieve the idea of delivering to so many children in one night. And he's using what equates to... Time Lord technology. <laughs> it's got a wormhole generator it's and a bunch a of clones. <laughs> and Which I didn't quite understand the need clones. for the clones when you have a wormhole generator and if you can jump through through different times, why have the clones when you could still all do well, it in conceivably one night with the time travel? I think the idea is the clones take at least part of the onus off of him as a toy maker. He does still need somebody to make the clones. 
or make the clones, make, make the, the toys. toys. And by that mass the producing the clones, elves. yeah, that that okay. is, that in my impression is the elves. And they're also hanging out. At there the mall. are so many kids now yeah. that apparently he ran out of elf resources that he had to make yeah. clones <laughs> in order to fill the the void there as well. So um, I do like the idea though that the the, the second doctor decides he's got to step in and. Tell Santa, you know, it might be time to just kind of put this to bed and not not do this anymore because it's <laughs> really going to get so so massive that it'll be out of your hands. Anyway. Being the second doctor, it's not. You know, maybe you think about retiring. No, it's like you need to stop. Right, right. <laughs> That's exactly the impression. You're done, man. You're, you're you're done. Can't you can't go any further from here. Also, like and the way you let me take over for you. <laughs> I also like the way this is framed in the sense that you get the impression that the second doctor is sitting down in front of some class of, of, of grade schoolers telling this story as well. So it's kind of set up in the sense that he's telling this story to the kids. Yeah. So it's a story about himself. <laughs> Meeting Santa and telling Santa Claus to stop <laughs> doing what he's doing, which I thought was kind of funny as well. Do, do, do you think they didn't say this? My head cannon, of course. It's this is obviously where it happened. Do you think he's at Coal Hill? Oh, oh well, yeah, of course, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Because <laughs> there isn't any other school in London. <laughs> no, just <laughs> Coal Hill. Just Coal, Coal Hill. Hill. <laughs> Coal Hill School is all there is. Uh, what you guys think of this story? I mean, I've talked a lot fun. about it. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, kind of the. Nightmare Before Christmas aspect to it I appreciated of the doctor stepping in and, okay, I can do this, and then get it wrong. A little bit of the Santa Claus, too, with yeah. the clones and, uh, you know, replacement Santas and trying to do things. Um, That's the second doctor trying to be Santa. It's the best part of this. And the dad coming downstairs and seeing this little <laughs> hobo in his house going, what are you doing with minute. my kids? <laughs> Would you like some candy? <laughs> Yeah. What you, there's and a bit of a creeper element to the second doctor in this story. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And the, well, this is a telepathic translator. Can I talk to my cat? No, cats are too stupid. Cats are too stupid. Only works on higher evolved life forms. Uh. Uh, it, was, it was very enjoyable. I just wanted to give them something education. <laughs> Of course, the doctor finds out that what Santa does is a little too much for him and over his head, so he sets things back on its original course. Although they never really explain <laughs> how he's going to be able to do how it Santa future. will eventually because the, the, the doctor had some really actually well I, justified <laughs> premise for why the, the, he was the, the to Santa kind of tells him he's like, well, what we can do is you can help me. We'll build robots. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right. kind of you can you can it. you can perfect my wormhole that's technology, and that's so you, you kind of get the impression that. The doctor just kind of went along with it. Yeah, Which is right. where I kind of thought they were going to begin with was, I'm going to help you fix this problem. More so than you need to quit. Initially it was you need to quit. And then I thought it was going to be, well, I can't do that. So he's going to fix it for him. I did not see the, I'll be Santa for you. <laughs> well, that's the weird thing. It's kind it, of it, abrupt. It almost, shifts, it almost shifts a little bit in tone because it's like the doctor steps in. But then when in the scenario that he steps into of going to be Santa for him, it's almost like, it's like, okay, you don't really quite know what Santa does because you're bumbling through this whole situation as we're doing this. So. Well, and it was tonally a, a pretty big shift, too, because we, we start off with the oh, kitties and we're doing this, and then we meet Santa, and we walk into the, I don't know, stellar cartography. It's really the only thing that I can picture that room in the TARDIS that's got all the, you know. 
Okay, cool. I'm yeah. on board with that. <laughs> it's like the, it's like a ceiling. It, okay, called it like a universatorium or something. Yeah, universatorium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, and then he shows him this horrible future where you know, oh yeah, humankind. We go off to all these planets. We colonize all this stuff, and you're stuck here in the this polar factory that's nothing but a giant machine belching smoke and making toys. And you've torn the universe a new one with your wormhole generator, and it's just like, oh. Okay, that's kind of dark there. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And then Sam's like, well, you can help me fix it. Yeah, okay. And then you almost get the sensation that the writer got to that moment and intended the doctor to fix it up and do that. And then went, oh, yeah, I have a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> and he went off on this tangent and then renamed it The Man Who Nearly Ruined yeah. Christmas. <laughs> because, because that became the nugget of the story is the doctor's going down chimneys or, you know, materializing on <laughs> the roof. At least one. And, you know, not, not, not working out quite so good there well, with outsourcing. That, that then metally is, uh, metally, is that a word? Is kind of wrapped up in the sense that the, the kids realize that there's a, the kids that he's reading to, because now we've stepped back out and we're back in the classroom. The kids that are reading to ha- almost have a, wait a minute, this doesn't really kind of fly. And the, the teacher has to step in and say, well, you know, if he was clever, he wouldn't have, uh, <laughs> there wouldn't have been a story. So there was a reason for the doctors telling the story because had this been able to wrap up so nice, Nicely, no, there wouldn't have been an issue yeah. for them yeah. to tell a story in the first place. So I thought that was And I love that the teacher's assigning a moral to it. Here's the, <laughs> yes, le- here's the lesson. And all it's the kids like, are like, <laughs> and the doctor. Well, <laughs> that's the nice thing about it is the fact that the doctor sits down to tell a story. And when, a, when somebody's reading a story to kids or telling a story to kids, you almost expect a moral. But the doctor thinks nothing, never thinks twice <laughs> about giving them a story. Wait, what? A moral? Oh, yeah, okay. That's what the teacher steps in and is able to do. Yeah. And the lesson of the story is that you shouldn't do this without being thought out. And the kid rolls his eyes and the doctor rolls his eyes because he's like, no, that's not the moral of the story. <laughs> it's a story about Santa Claus. That's what are you right. talking about? Now. This was called uh, uh, Short Trips, A Christmas Treasury. Yes. By and, the way, is where that one is. And I uh, believe that was uh, released by Big Finish. Yes, I think it was. Big Finish Publishing uh, put that one out. And edited by Paul Cornell. It was indeed. Uh, the next one was another Big Finish production or uh, publication and was put out in another short story anthology. And the short story anthology was called A Visit from St. Nicholas. No, that's the name of the story. What was oh, the I'm anthology? sorry. Christmas Around the World. That's short the Trips, gotcha. Christmas Around the World. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, this one actually is cleverly done. Keith, you I, want to talk a little bit about I this? I really enjoyed this one. Me too. <laughs> this is probably my favorite of all of them. So, the Doctor and Joe, or not Joe, Sarah Jane, are at the unit Christmas party and not <laughs> having very much fun and they're rather <laughs> bored. Well, I don't know why Benson's Brilliance Coffee is there. <laughs> well, first of all, we're talking about a t- two time travelers that have seen many, many wonderful, amazing things. And Unit, who's essentially, their role is protecting the universe. This is pretty, like, big time for them. Yeah. But this is pretty low-key But they're just kind of ho-hum and bored. Exactly. And we keep cutting back and forth to this guy in the 1800s trying to write something or other. Some story. I can't help but imagine that all of the paper mache, uh, you know, the, the, the paper chains and things that they decorated the hall with were all done in shades of army green. <laughs> you know, it was like green and tan, green and tan all the way down the thing. And Sarah Jane is talking about how much she liked Christmas when she was younger and knew all the names of the reindeer and couldn't remember them now. So the doctor decides to go introduce her to them. A little Christmas present and for so Sarah And so then Jane it's Smith. so nicely framed around the... 
famous poem, uh, A Visit from St. Nicholas. And this guy getting the idea for the story, and then he sits down and writes it. Who was the guy? I Clement Seymour. Yes. <laughs> the author, obviously, I, I, of A Visit from St. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew that when I was reading it, but now I can't remember. <laughs> Just it. the name escaped you. Yeah. And then they meet up with Santa, and Sarah and Jane gets to feed the reindeer it's just just a nice very clever little story i think it was neat because it it does it puts the perspective of this is obviously this event just them visiting even uh santa claus was kind of the catalyst or the inspiration for the the uh, story i keep calling it a play the The story by clement seymour of a visit from saint nicholas and this story does a nice job of telling its own version of the actual events for a visit from saint nicholas and I like this one because there a lot of this is from, uh, with the exception of the setup, a lot of yeah. this is from Moore's perspective and him trying to come up with some story because he's got to turn something into his publisher and uh, not knowing what to do and up late because, you know, he can't sleep. It's Christmas Eve. you know. He's- and it was so clever how they wrote it without going line for line for the poem. But showing the events and explaining the events and almost giving you the line where you know exactly what's happening without them just reciting the poem Exactly. So well written. Putting a real world perspective yes. on something that is still fantastical and still in the realm of fantasy and Doctor Who. I thought that was really yeah. neat. Yeah. Because it grounds it a bit. Yeah, it, it really does. A bit. Not that the story really needed any it grounding. Didn't. But no, it was no. just such a unique approach to the idea that I'd never seen done before. And, of course, this story ends with Sarah getting to meet Santa Claus because the third Doctor happens to know Santa Claus because, well, now we know he has encountered (laughs) Santa Claus twice twice before in subsequently previous regenerations or generations. I have a story to kind of build off of this one. Um, I misread my syllabus. You read the wrong story. And read the wrong story. (laughs) And it wasn't until it ended that I went... Why would he put that one on the schedule? <laughs> Satan wasn't on that. Kind of a cheat. And then went back and checked and realized, oh, I goofed. So I went back and read this okay, story. So you have read this. So I have okay, read, good. which I did not enjoy nearly as much as the one that I oh, accidentally what did you read. Read that we should maybe read. You, you should maybe totally we'll put this on the schedule for next. Christmas. You should totally read uh, back in the first anthology, uh, um, uh, the short trips of Christmas treasury. There is one called Unit Christmas Parties. <laughs> Christmas truce by Terrence Dix. Oh, Ooh. fun! Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil just a little bit of it. That um, there is a a a, a, a dignitary who is visiting uh, from Geneva, naturally. Of course, uh, and <laughs> well, of course. that that we have to suddenly cancel all of your Christmas Eve plans, and we're going to throw together a party. And uh, Benton, I need you to go to the airport to pick him up. And Yates, you're in charge of decorations and making the place look uh, festive. And uh, Joe, who's uh, the companion of this one, is, is going to be hostess. And uh, Doctor, he's very keen to meet you. And then I was like, I don't have anything to do with this. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm working. Uh, no. And the Brigadier threatens the him with, you know, yeah. threatens him with court martial. And he's like, I'm not working for, you know, I'm <laughs> only loosely affiliated. You can't do that. I don't work for you. And he says, Well, we'll see if you like treason. And you know, you know, very. He's, <laughs> Very Grinch-like, the Brigadier in this one. So uh, uh, Benton Nasty says, well, how will I know this guy? And the Brig tells him. And he says, well, apparently he bears a fairly striking resemblance to Santa Claus. Oh. 
So that's where I thought you were going yeah. with this. Yeah. So he goes and picks up Santa and brings him back, and they have this—he's he's this wonderful, charming man, and everybody falls in love with him. Even the brig is like, this guy is wonderful, and he's a scientist, which is kind of weird. And they finally pry the doctor out of the laboratory to come meet him, and the guy's like, "Oh, doctor, I've heard so much about you," and blah 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 blah. And the doctor's like, "Uh huh." What's up? <laughs> you know, I, I don't. And he, they gave him a tour of the building and the whole bit. So he says, well, might I have a word with you in private? So they go out to the balcony, and the doctor says, so when are you going to end this charade? And Santa pulls the beard off, and it's the master. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave it there for you. Oh, okay. Because, well, I may be going back to read yeah, that one now. Yeah, it was just like... This is awesome. This is great. Why did he assign this? I don't get it. This don't is not, Santa. He's meeting This is not really Santa Claus. So. Well, but see, clearly he knows who Santa really is. That's why he immediately saw, he immediately yeah. saw yeah. through yeah. it. Now, the last one I, I suspected Keith would enjoy the most. Uh, actually, it was fun, but I, I enjoyed the third one the oh, most. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that's another I think, one. I think I would have enjoyed uh, Silent Night with a K. <laughs> a bit more. It was, it was kind of abrupt and strange. The fact that there's no dialogue in the entire thing until the very I end. I like that. It, was, uh, it took me a little bit to get used to it. It's kind of neat. I got, yeah, it was neat. Um, it was it was a neat approach. This actually this is an IDW in an comic. I, yeah, IDW issue number twelve for the eleventh Doctor range, which would have been December. December. Yeah, assuming they started. In, I think they did. Yeah. Um, it's written by Tony Lee. This is how... Who I've yet to get on the show. I can't call a friend of the show, Tony Lee. This is how the doctor should help Sam when he decides to, to help to help Sam. Yeah. Um, basically, it's really Santa gets attacked by robots. I'm not sure why, but he gets attacked by... Maybe it's the robots that he helped develop for Santa. Maybe. Maybe when they he went was wrong. the second doctor, and something happened, and so uh, the 11th doctor decides, well, you know, I better help him out here. But anyway... Because they, they kidnap it. They they, hide, they take his presents and take a sleigh, and they're all gone. I think it would have been better had... Which I love how the sleigh no longer needs reindeer, but... Um, <laughs> no, it's a different sleigh. Oh, it's their sleigh. Oh, you're they're, right. They're, it they're, is they're, because, their hovercraft yeah, looks right. like yeah. a sleigh. They, well, they're stealing Christmas. They're I, dressed I, up like I think what would have made this even like better is if the robots had been green and they had been called Grinchbots. <laughs> <laughs> They're stealing Christmas. We didn't, we didn't get a name for them. So. Oh, that's right, because then uh, 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 the Eleventh Doctor is actually uh, driving the reindeer in Santa's sleigh in one of yes. the frames. That's yeah. um, but it, this is kind of a cute, quaint little story, because after they thwart the robots, they realize that, oh, we still have some you know deliveries to make. So. And the doctor burns out his Sonic in the process. He, he yeah. zaps the robot so many times that the Sonic fritzes out on him. And they've crashed, and so the uh, poor reindeer are injured, so, you know... <laughs> Tardis to the rescue. rescue. <laughs> and then they're looking at their naughty and nice lists, which I assume all these people... They must other, be. Well, you saw the Barbie, Barbie the only name I recognize. On the, on the, yeah. list. The, the naughty list is Jeff Thompson, Steve Lyons. We know Steve Lyons. Oh, yeah, Sean, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sean Lyons. Sean, I'm sorry. No, Sean Lyons. Um, Rick Marshall, Barnaby Edwards, which obviously we're for some Jags. Uh, Aaron Aronson. Um, some familiar names on there as well. Uh Jamie Dodgers. He stole a Jamie Dodgers. One of the Jamie Dodgers that's been left for Santa. I kind of like this one I like because... I how they paddle around later and just go to the beach. Well, I, I think it's it's still them making deliveries. And I, what I liked about this is uh, they're walking into this, like, shanty. Yeah. And and obviously, you know, very, very poor neighborhood here where, where somebody's living in shanty. They go to... Uh, 
This must be the North Pole because that's where the Eskimos live. Igloo. Yeah, there's obviously there at the you know Santa's enjoying a dip in the in the uh, <laughs> water as they, the yeah, while he can. as they uh, deliver to uh, a, a little hut on the beach. Um, it's my brother's house. I like <laughs> I like the Roy and Amy yeah, uh, mention. He drops and, a, a present the off for the marking off pond. He, Williams. Yeah, that was, that was neat. Nice. He strikes really through. Nice touch. That was that was a present for Rory, I think. <laughs> <laughs> By striking through pond and and, and then, uh, you know, a homeless man sleeping in the in the uh, alleyway, which was really neat and touching. And it's just it's a it's a it's a quaint little Christmas story. And of and course, the robots, the robots show, back show back up. I like that he presents. gave the lottery numbers to the homeless yeah, guy that was too. Nice too. That was neat. And you know, then you know, like giving the you know, how do you thwart bad robots? Well, you give them their Christmas presents, and then they're no longer bad because they're excited because now they can dress up like <laughs> now pirates. They, now they can. I don't yeah, know why he gave them pirate outfits. Why but, not? <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I think that was part of the, the the allure that these robots, whatever their thing was, because they they had the Santa outfits. And they had this the, this the hovercraft that looked kind of Santa sleigh like. They needed a purpose. They needed the bag, so that they could go play Santa. And so Santa gave them pirate outfits because well so you're now, you're pirates so you should go play what you know. You should go do that. I hadn't yeah. thought of it that way, Sean. That's that's very cool. That's what I got out of it. That's like anyway, the piling around I think comes around later because. I like the idea that they're just kind of, you know, they're back at the North Pole, obviously. He's dropped Santa off, and they're just kind of sitting there enjoying a nice yeah. sunrise because they've had a, a full night, and then Santa gives him his gift. And the la- the, the, the last Keith, present in the bag. As Keith pointed out, he had burnt his Sonic out before. So well, Sean mentioned that, but yes. Oh, yeah, Sean mentioned that. So uh, who, you're, you're, you're Sean, <laughs> you're Keith. Um, last time I checked. <laughs> yeah, and Exactly. Then- and then the eleventh doctor pulls the first doctor, which is wonderful because <laughs> the the line that the only as as Keith had mentioned to alluded to the only line in this dialogue wise is incidentally a happy Christmas to all of you at home, and it's a breaking the fourth wall reference to the reader, and it's the very same thing that the first doctor did right in the middle of the Dalek <laughs> master plan, where he breaks the fourth wall and addresses the the camera and wishes the same thing. But you you know what the most awesome part of this comic is? What's that? It's this panel, this this first page where the TARDIS <laughs> lands, and he comes running out with, with his shovel, shovel and, his, and his bucket and his his pants, his pants are rolled, rolled up on the beach, and then he runs back inside and comes out with a winter coat on, and he's disgusted. <laughs> Just, Oops! And, and you know this Just, panel actually explains the winter where the big green coat comes from. It does. It's because oh, it's, it's the big green does. coat. And it is the just, big green coat. He just coat. shows up in, it in season six. You're right. And we know no reason why. This is why. It's because he had visited the North Pole. Santa. Oh, we know. That is so cool. Just, it is cool. I just a little look on it. little cartoon Matt's face. <laughs> He's so happy. And then, oh, <laughs> It's such a second Doctor moment it with is. him on the beach and um, yeah. uh, Enemy of the World. But it works out. I mean, he gets a, a wonderful moment with Santa. He gets to, gets to visit And eventually go to the beach. So the question is, why, why did it take from the third Doctor to the 11th Doctor? Why did we have such a gap where we didn't get Santa, any visits from Santa Claus in between there? I don't know. Maybe the Doctor was naughty. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a bit mischievous once uh, his fourth fourth generation came around. So fourth incarnation came around. Anyway, we thought we'd give you this little Christmas treat and review some uh, some past visits and, and let our listeners know that come... Christmas night when we finally get to see uh, 
last Christmas. I gave you my heart <laughs> the very next day. You gave it away. That we that this will not have been the first time that uh, the doctor had an adventure with Santa. We've met him before, and I so hope now that there's at least a <laughs> reference that he knows Santa. Something based there. on all this. Nor is it the last time he meets Santa. Okay. Yes. Doctor Who reincarnated. Oh, right, oh, right. Yes, 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 yes absolutely. Yeah. A little nod to um, Alex and Mark. Yeah. When are you guys uh, putting the next one up? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Busy. I Was know that, the feeling. Is that going to do it for uh, this Christmas? I think so. I believe so. Santa and the Doctor are like peas and carrots. <laughs> I heard him explain, ex- explain, exclaim as he drove out of sight. Merry Christmas to all. And to all, good night, everybody. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas.